Heather, I'm so glad you're here. We've been talking about how the enemy has access to our thinking. If we allow him, and because we didn't know, we have been giving him rights to our life. We've allowed him to put us in a prison, so to say, limit us from our full potential of happiness, the peace and the joy and the contentment that Jesus wants for us because we didn't know that he has been harassing and oppressing us because we didn't know that he was so eager to be our God, to take over our lives and dictate to us. And now that we know, we can do something about it. Now that we know what's been happening, that the enemy is out to still kill and destroy, and that we have the keys to the kingdom, and that we have to even recognize him in our lives, then we can change our circumstances. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for giving us revelation knowledge and for guiding us and empowering us to use that revelation knowledge to get out of that slump that we've been living in and walk in the glory and the power and the joy that you have prepared for us to walk in, living in heaven on the earth free from sickness, disease, poverty, uh, oppression, depression, from being harassed by the enemy. We love you and praise you and thank you. So good to us. He is so good to us. He wants you to know. He wants to reveal to you the things that you need to know to walk free of the enemy's empowerment that you have given him, that you have given him. Out of your ignorance, you gave him power in your life. He he suggested through people, maybe even people you love, who you are, and you took on that suggestion and you lived that life. And now it's time to change that. Now it's time to change it. And the word the Lord has for us today is to stop listening to him. Because even as soon as you know that and you say, okay, you're caught, I'm not thinking these thoughts anymore. I'm not taking on your opinion of me. You have nothing to do in my life. Even, even though you make that commitment, he's going to come back and try to overtake you again. Jesus said, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, which is exactly what happened, when you resist him, you have been delivered from him. He goes through dry places in search of rust, but if he does not find any, then he says, I'm going to go back to my house from which I came. And when he arrives, he finds a place unoccupied, swept, put in order, and decorated. Now notice the word unoccupied. Once you make this decision, now you have to occupy yourself with the thoughts, with the word of God, with the works the enemy has that the that with the works that God has for you, not the works of the enemy, not occupying the thinking that he has previously implanted in your mind. You have to resist that. 
You have to not think those thoughts anymore on purpose and think the word of God. And if you're not thinking the word of God, your house is going to be um, unoccupied. Even though it's swept, put in order and decorated, then it's going to be unoccupied. Then it says he goes and he brings with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and make their home there. And the last condition of the man becomes worse than the first. So also shall it be with this wicked generation. Now Jesus talking to the Pharisees. And it is that way. You know, people so readily, because of um, a lack of understanding of what's happening in the spirit, they go right back to their sin. Jesus delivered you of alcohol, for instance. And then the enemy came. He came back. And you weren't occupied with the things of God. Your mind was at a standstill. You haven't just walked away from that sin. And he comes and suggests that you sin again. He comes back and suggests that you let him occupy your mind again. And then before you know it, you're entangled in the sin. And Jesus said that state of a man is going to be worse than before. So when you get free, when you're born again, you go and you sin no more. Yet it's being taught even in the churches that it's okay to sin. And then we wonder why the people are occupied with a demon. Why the demons are taking over. Why, why they're still in this addiction and that addiction. Because even though they swept their house clean and they make it, made a decision to follow Jesus, they're not occupying their minds with the things of God. They're entangled in sin again. My computer is getting a little warm today. Um, Peter said it this way, for if having escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge and the Lord of, of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, now again, having been entangled in these, they are subdued. Their, their last state has become worse than their first. We have to be occupied with the things of God. We are not, you have to tell yourself this. You are not entangled in sin anymore. It's not okay to sin. And of course, the enemy is going to try to convince you it is so he can occupy. So he can stay with you. So we have rights, so he has rights in your life. He doesn't want you to have eternal life. He understands more than you do if you've allowed him back in. When you ask Jesus, come and live on the inside of you, then he comes. But if you're not occupied with the things of him, if, if you're not occupied with the things of the spirit, love, joy, peace, if you're not giving, if you're not learning, if you're not being recreated, and his likeness, the enemy is going to come back and make his home within you. 
and you're not going to know what's going on. We have to have knowledge. We have to have revelation knowledge. After the demon leaves, you don't let him back in. You stop listening to him. He's going to come back with the same old lies. And you have to recognize that. And, you know, so often we want to live by our feelings. That's a good time. When you start feeling down and start feeling like, oh, it didn't work. I'm having these same feelings again. Then you know that you are listening to that sly evil one. And that's exactly what he does. He slips in your thinking and he tries to occupy again because he's evil. And we don't want to be letting him do that. We want to be occupied with the things of God. We want to be doing his work, preparing the way for him. And he's asking us to do that. He's asking us to make the way for him. And we can't do that when we're entangled with sin. He's saying, go and sin no more before something worse happens to you. You've been freed from sin. You don't have to sin anymore. But it's a choice that you make. And you're making that choice because you're not occupying with the Word of God. If you're filling your heart with the Word of God, you're going to be filled with revelation knowledge. You're going to have the understanding of how to stay on top, above and not beneath. you got to fight the good fight of faith. It really has nothing to do with how you feel. The fight of faith has nothing to do with how you feel. You're not going to always feel like getting up and worshiping, but I guarantee you that when you get up and you start worshiping, you're going to have the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so whatever it takes, get on your knees. Get Make yourself get on your knees and worship Him. I remember a long time ago, I was so depressed. I didn't know what I know today. I was so depressed, and I was crying out to God about what is. This is happening, and that's happening, and I don't see what you said happening, and it's getting to me. And you know what he said to me? And you can do this, too. In that state, ask him to encourage you. He said, start worshiping me. And I was crying, and I said, okay, and I started worshiping him. I ended up dancing. And around the room and I had joy and peace and contentment and I knew that I just had to keep believing no matter what it looked like that's one of the areas that the enemy likes to come in and say it's not going to happen you might as well go back to your old life you, you might as well just go do what you were doing before there's no sense in this at all and when you're a baby Christian, you know, he uses that and people do, they say, I give up, I quit, and they go back to their alcohol or to the food or whatever it was that the enemy was using to control them. 
occupying their temple with. You don't want to occupy your temple with alcohol and, and drugs and food and stuff and offense. Because if you are, Jesus isn't in it. He and the Father lives in that one that will obey him. So being occupied with him, with Jesus, obeying him, letting him fill your temple, getting up every day and getting filled with the Spirit. Think on these things. Whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report. Think on these things. And as you do, you're filling up your temple with the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you'll be excited. You'll have happiness, peace, joy, contentment. And then you can share that. And the enemy can't touch you. Only if you allow him to. Only if you allow him to. And so don't let him occupy your temple. Especially in this day. We should be occupied with Jesus. What are you thinking of? What can I do for you? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do I need to put aside? Whoever gives up houses, mothers, sisters, brothers for the sake of the gospel... In this lifetime, you'll have a hundredfold return anyway. You're going to have more than that person going after stuff, which their eternal destination is hell, because stuff is in the way of Jesus. Give, and it'll be given out to you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. Give him your life. Will you give him your life today? Will you say, Jesus, you can have it. You can have me. You can have it all. I trust you. I love you. I want you in my life. I want you to occupy my temple, not the evil one. I don't want to have stuff. I know my true happiness is in you. And so I'm giving my life to you. I give my life to you. Give your life to him. Just give it all up. And you're going to have more than you started with. You're going to have more than before. More than you can ask or think. Enough. He's more than enough. He has more for you than you can ask or think. You don't need the alcohol. You don't need the food. You don't need the stuff. Don't go after it. And then he'll just give you your heart's desire. If you delight in him, he's going to give you your heart's desire. I'll never forget when I quit my job and because um, he asked me to. I was in debt and I said, I, as soon as I get out of debt, and he said, your job's keeping you in debt because I wasn't doing as well. I was living life like the world does. And so I quit. I, I didn't get any immediate Relief, and in fact, things seemed worse. And he said, at that time as well, he said, you can't serve God in money. And I said, I don't have any money to serve, Lord. He said, you're serving money because you're thinking about it and worrying about it all the time. 
Worrying is not trusting him. And whatever you're worrying about makes that thing your God. So what I wanted to tell you is, um, I jogged every morning and I saw the cutest little, cutest little dog I ever saw. Before that, I wasn't interested in dogs. And I said, okay, so I quit my job. I don't have any money, but I really would like to have this dog. I didn't, it didn't come right away. In fact, my brother went and got a dog, the one I wanted. And I babysat that dog. I fell in love with that dog. And her name was Katie. And um, then they would take her back home and I would cry. It just didn't seem right, but I kept believing, I kept believing. I kept looking around. And then Katie was pregnant and I picked out one of her dogs. And I asked God for her. And he gave her, he gave her, he gave me one. The one I had picked out ended up being hypoglycemic. They didn't know what was wrong with it. But Jesus did. And my brother gave me the dog, which I, I was going to buy the dog from him, but they, they thought that she was going to die. And um, actually the night before, he said, this is how much money I need by tomorrow or I'm going to sell it. And I was crying out to Jesus, and I said, you said. And he said, don't worry, he's going to give you the dog. I said, I don't want him to give me the dog. He's always giving me stuff. And But, you know, he's got. And so the next morning, he called and said, if you want her, she's at the vet, go get her. She had seizures in my hand. She was four ounces, four or five ounces. And I heard God say, she will live and not die and proclaim what the Lord has done. I went and got her the next morning. In the night, he told me to pray for her and called her Macy. And I, I went and got her the next morning, and she couldn't, her legs kept collapsing. And um, I asked what was wrong with her, and he said she was hypoglycemic. And so I started giving her sugar water. That's what you do for that. And she was fine. So going way back before this, one morning, he said to me when I was jogging, he said, I have a surprise for you. I said, okay. And he said, those who delight in the Lord, I give them the desires of their heart. I said, I delight in you, Lord. And he said, I know you do. And the gift was the dog. And Macy means a gift from God. Derived from the name Matthew means a gift from God. And she's a perfect dog for me. We have, we have just... We get along, and I just believe our personalities were made for each other. She's amazing. I love her so much. So I, what I'm saying is, you don't have to go after stuff. He'll, he'll just give you the perfect, the perfect thing for you, the perfect dog for you, the perfect house, the perfect car, whatever it is, because you delight in him, because you put him first, because your temple occupies him. I like to say this because so often think, so often people think, okay, all I gotta do is say this prayer because I get taught this wrong concept and I'm going to heaven. No, you delight yourself in the Lord. You become his. You occupy, your, your temple occupies him. 
You become engaged with him. You get ready to marry him. Your life is about him. You no longer love the things of this world and put those things first. It's a change. It's a heart change that you make. It's not fake. You can't just ask him to come and live on the inside of you and then walk the other way. That's like the man that you love saying, will you marry me? And you say, sure. And then you walk the other way and you start dating other men. That's not how it works. So if you never ask him to come and live on the inside of you and you're willing to commit to him, then I'd like to pray with you. Jesus, we're asking that you come and live on the inside of us and occupy our temple. We don't want anything to do with anyone else or anything else. You're first. You're the one. We want to know you. Lord, we want to live with you. We want to we want to do for you. We want to help prepare the way for you and do your work. And we will wait on you. We will be your servant and do whatever you ask of us. We love you and praise you. Give you all the glory. I hope you prayed that and you meant that. And if you did, it'd be amazing to hear about that just leave a comment below or message me because I really would love to know thanks so much for listening today and God bless you